You're listening to the Redeemed Women Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Bierman. Erica Scott is our guest today, and y'all, she is so fantastic. Um, there are a bajillion things that she and I could have talked about because she has so much to offer and so much wisdom and insight, but she and I really honed in on her time in Haiti as a missionary. Um, she and her husband, Robert, were actually missionaries through Redeemer for two years in Haiti. Um, so we talked some about their time there and their decision to go overseas, but we really focused more on returning home and what that looked like. You know, I thought that this was especially important given um, the state of the world the last year or so. Um, so many of our missionaries, and I know so many of you guys have known people who have had to return stateside um, after living overseas. And so I was very interested in knowing how to love people as they transition back, whether it was their choice or not. Um, And I think Erica just gives us lots of great insight and information on how to love our brothers and sisters who have been overseas and are coming home. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Erica. So we were just talking and you really are one of the people that I'm kind of like, we could literally talk about anything. <laughs> um, so my expectations for this podcast are so high because I'm like, this is about to just be fun. <laughs> this is about to be fun. I feel like um, it's like taking me back to when I was pregnant and you were pregnant and you're covering Kristen Williams's maternity leave. Yes. Just like literally all the babies, the story of Redeemer. Right. <laughs> and we would just like kick it in the office, eating candy and like yes. nachos and... Just chat. So I'm excited that we get to do that now recorded. Me too. too. I know. (laughs) Um, So obviously just super stoked to chat with you and you have so much goodness to share. But um, before we get started, will you just introduce yourself, your family, a little bit about you? Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I'm Erica Scott, wife to Robert Scott. Um, We have two girls, Mm -hmm. Millie and Lila. Um, and yeah, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, raised by parents, um, who luckily did not get divorced. They are, I feel like a rarity these days, sadly. Um, my parents both worked, um, and I don't, my mom is like a peacemaker and a super strong woman like never complains like Mm -hmm. in hindsight I'm like how did she do what she did yeah she worked full-time she raised us how many she cleaned she could how many siblings do you have um just a sister just she's two years younger than me so it's just us um and like never ever ever complained it's amazing yeah um and then my dad is he takes a lot of pride in being the breadwinner for our family Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i i was raised going to church to a southern baptist church in memphis and then came to samford in 2002 okay and met robert there we didn't start dating until after we graduated okay. from samford but so I met were y'all like friends or was it like we we met our 
freshman year and he took me to a couple of parties but we were really different then okay and um he i was like borderline legalistic like trying Mm -hmm. to make good choices black and white like about my decisions yep and other people's to a fault probably Mm -hmm. at that point and he was just super free spirited sowing some wild oats you know so we just were very different um but we reconnected after having graduated like a year when I was a year into grad school, we had a mutual friend and ended up at the same dinner at the same dinner and reconnected and became friends then. That's so awesome. Yeah. Found reasons to hang out, like going Mm -hmm. to Walmart, going to, the grocery store, yeah. you know, you want to come. So romantic. Go. I got to yeah. go to Walmart. Well, you this is well before too. the days of iPhones, too. <clears throat> oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. one day he picks me up. We're going to go on a Walmart run. And he has this little black book in his back pocket Stop that he would just like it. keep, you know, things that uh-huh. now we can access immediately. Uh-huh. And he had written down movie times. And he was like, hey, I was thinking that maybe we could like go see a movie after Look we go to Walmart smooth. if you're not doing anything. And that was our first date. Yeah. Yeah. Look how smooth the rest he was like, you know, yeah, while like, we're at Walmart, we could happen. also go yeah. to a movie, right. whatever. Yeah. And I could also oh, hold gosh. your hand for the first time. Yeah. Or like, whatever. <laughs> smooth, Robert. <laughs> I love that story, too, about how y'all were just kind of in different places, like you being borderline legalistic and him sowing some wild, wild roots, because Josh and I are the exact same. Like, we knew each other mm-hmm. for a long time, but like, we're like, it's only... God's providence that we got together when we did because he was like you. He mm-hmm. was the like, there is a rule and I'm going to follow it and like just very like um, towing the line, you know. And um, I was Robert. I was That's so we so we had like opposite. We switched uh-huh. in the relationship thing, but we laugh now. We're like, yeah, you would have hated me like yeah. before <laughs> before like Jesus entered and all of that. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. We had very little in common back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Met a lot more in the middle after Mm -hmm. (laughs) after school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we have been married. We'll be married 11 years this July. Love it. And how old are your kiddos? Millie just turned three. Okay. In March. Mm -hmm. And Lila will be two in July, at the end of July. Okay. Yeah. Sweet girls. Oh, man. And how long have y'all been at Redeemer? nine years going on 10 years okay uh we started coming like a year after we got married we were at redstone community church Mm -hmm. just like a satellite church of andy stanley's Mm -hmm. um and they were meeting in the mornings and we were doing youth there okay and so we didn't get to go to the service they happened simultaneously so when we started meeting with youth we weren't being taught ourselves and so after a while we were really missing that and um mm-hmm. allison and tyler fuquay are good yeah. friends of ours and so they um mentioned you know y'all could come y'all could come to our four thirty service just to feel like you're getting mm-hmm. fed while you're feeding you know yeah. and it didn't take us long to realize that like our hearts, we just felt like our hearts were being kind of torn, mm-hmm. you know, between two places and two families and, yeah. you know. Um, and so when we felt like we had served our time with youth, that makes it sound like a sentence. When we, <laughs> when our time to love on the children of yes. Redstone yes. had come to a close and we felt like we were in a position where we just needed to be taught mm-hmm. ourselves, we um, came to Redeemer. All right. Ten our years first. Ago. Yeah. 
Our first visit at Redeemer was the last Sunday that y'all were at Girls Inc. Mm, okay. And we didn't start coming consistently at that point, but that was our very that first That was your very visit. first one. Yes. Yep. I say this multiple times. So if anyone listens to this podcast, like multiple episodes are like, we got it, Paige. Like you've <laughs> said this, but I love asking that question of when you came to Redeemer because there have been so many like iterations and like building changes and even the way that like yes. home groups are done. And so like all the answers are always different. Like I came whenever I was in Joel and Lauren's home group or like I came when they did a new to Redeemer dinner three weeks in a row or, yes. you know, and so like Girls Inc. or... Um, what's the school cornerstone, cornerstone yeah. or, you know and so yeah it does it kind of helps you <clears throat> it helps me like place to that time yeah, when everyone came mm-hmm. in so it's really fun we the first home group that we were asked to lead we were asked to lead by joel and then i think he found out after asking us to lead that we weren't members yet <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the t- redeemer time that's that we redeemer. came yeah, yeah, into. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's um, hilarious! And then also, <laughs> we're like, hey, uh, we maybe we should be members. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and at that time too, I was like, okay, well, next Sunday y'all can just become members. Great, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, fill out your fill out your form, write out your testimony, right. and we'll just yeah. We've had a dinner with you. You're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh, I love it. Um, so one of the things that you and I decided we'd talk about today is you and Robert's time in Haiti. Mm-hmm. So y'all served as missionaries through Redeemer mm-hmm. with Canaan. Yes. What year was that? When did y'all go? So we went to visit for the first time in 2014. Okay. November of 2014. Okay. And we actually had been... So, so was we, that like a short-term thing? Like y'all went for like was. the week or two-week mm-hmm. trip? We did. Okay. Um we were there for two weeks, and back-to-back Redeemer teams came for okay. those two weeks. So we like were there with one team, and then we said goodbye to and welcomed, you know, another, another team. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we traveled to Peru with Tyler and Allison, mm-hmm. even not before forgotten. Not Forgotten existed. Oh, before, oh, okay. um, <laughs> and then kind of watched them create Not Forgotten. Mm-hmm. And then Robert was even director of administration for a little while when Tyler was in med school and was just oh. like busy up to yeah. his eyeballs. I mean, he still is. He always is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when Tyler was that busy, Robert came in and was director of admin for Not Forgotten for a little while. And he did a lot of traveling in Peru. Okay. And I think that's kind of when our wheels started turning about, man, we, when we were there, we would love it. And mm-hmm. so we would just kind of entertain the idea of being there or just out of the country for a little while and um luckily i mean it it was great for not forgotten that they had people on the ground they had peruvians who were doing a beautiful job leading it so they didn't need any americans there i mean who better to serve the people of peru than peruvians so we weren't needed and we were grateful that we weren't needed there but it kind of like made us go "Uh oh okay well that's kind of the missions experience that we had had was with Mm -hmm. them in that place and so what does that look like to even entertain serving somewhere else yeah so we sat down with lauren and joel and we're just like hey we don't know we need your advice on how to navigate this you know Mm -hmm. we we just always like had peru in mind because that's what had been set before us and now it's not which is wonderful yeah (laughs) because but we still have this desire to be overseas yeah and now we kind of don't know where where to go from here and Almost immediately, they were like, 
have y'all thought at all about Canaan? You mm-hmm. know, our missions partner and I knew about Canaan, um, but they said, you know, currently they're in need of someone on the grounds to be a teacher, and my background is in education, okay. and to help with maintenance and new construction on the property. And Robert is super handy and is a contractor. Yeah. And so, not that the Lord needs, you know, our talents in order but it for was us to very be much used. so like, huh? Interesting that uh-huh. the two needs they have we could help fill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was super affirming. Like it wasn't like, oh, we need two doctors. You know, like, well, <laughs> I can put on a band aid. Yeah, but like, mm, not that <laughs> <Yeah>. right, right. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was really interesting. So we went November of two thousand fourteen. That mm-hmm. was our first visit there. Man, but, yeah. So how crazy. many like more short term vision type trips did y'all take? Was that the only one before you guys like moved full time overseas? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we had two weeks. We did. Had two weeks there where we got to know Pastor Henry and Sister Gladys, the matriarch and patriarch mm-hmm. of Canaan. And they at that time, Dwight had shared with them about us okay. and our desire to serve, that he thought that we might be a good fit if Pastor Henry and Sister Gladys thought the same. So while we were there, we spent a little time with them, and mm-hmm. they were able to to like they invited us to come and be a part of it so yeah. that at that time we really you know started to consider it after being yeah. invited and, um yeah and i mean i think that we already knew we wanted to spend some time out of the country yeah. and so with that invitation we just trusted that that was the lord kind of being like okay i have invited you yeah to come and to be for a little while so when you get back from that trip how quickly is it like okay we're back overseas like full time like what how long did it take you guys to raise support or just figure out all the details for you to get overseas um we so we visited in november of 2014 and we moved at the beginning of august of 2015. oh wow okay so So a little less than a year okay Um, now that was because there was an existing ministry that was you know, already doing a beautiful job, you know. Yeah, like things weren't having to be built, really. Like you guys could just show up and kind of find your place. Exactly. Exactly. Our roles were already very defined for us. So, you know, that helped Mm -hmm. with the timeline. Mm -hmm. Also, we, my family and Robert's family were so incredibly generous financially oh that's awesome we didn't go through a missions organization to Mm -hmm. raise support we did that ourselves and it we felt like that would be feasible because of the money that up front my parents and robert's uncles and like family gave to us that's Um, such a blessing it was a huge blessing so we did um we did raise support but we didn't have to raise a lot of it after yeah all of that was given wow Yes, that was so helpful. And then Jonathan King, mm-hmm. who is a, such a, you know, he's been at Redeemer forever mm-hmm. and now currently is kind of out of commission because he is loving on his dad mm-hmm. very well um, right now and his dad needs him. Um, but JK, um, he just raises up missionaries, trains them to go on the field, mentors really? them while they're gone, and helps them debrief and come home well. Oh. And he he volunteered his services for okay. us. So we also were able to 
um yeah because this is before we had like we redeemer had like our missions team as it is now yes so like for last season i interviewed lauren whose last name cannot be (laughs) disclosed um and she under underwent a lot of training through redeemer like all of the different missions things that we do now but yeah in 2014 we didn't have these people we didn't have this no at the time dwight was he was pretty much the leading he was hannah wasn't with him yet and he was leading the small groups for like i think five or six weeks prior to going on a short-term trip Mm -hmm. and um walking through um when helping hurts when helping hurts yep yeah i remember purchasing those books yes see because i was the admin yes then. well robert and i refer to you as like the mother of redeemer all the time and back then you for sure were. now we have so many other mothers oh and i i get to like kind of stay in my lane i didn't have a lane you did for like not. the first year or two you did not. <laughs> but it was so fun because now i feel like i have it's weird now that i don't know everything mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's this weird that's thing. weird to me to know that you don't i don't you know like mm-hmm. i Reagan and her team do such a fantastic job with kids and I didn't do a ton with kids but like I would I knew I I knew kind of the inner workings of things that were going on and now it's like that's one aspect I'm like there's a whole crew of people someone is leading the charge like I don't really have to know Mm -hmm. those things and it's such a blessing but then I'm also kind of like this is weird like (laughs) I feel like I should know like all the stuff and I don't anymore but um (laughs) Yeah, it frees up my brain. It's probably, it, it's definitely a good thing for <laughs> sure. But um, so you guys go, how long were you guys in Haiti? We were there for two school years. Two school years. So we came <clears> back, <throat> and I say school years because we came right before the school year began in 2015. And then we came home for the summer. Okay. Um, 2016, between the 2016, 2017 school year. Okay. And then went back for one more school year. Okay. So we had a little time. Yeah. At home. Yeah, I remember you guys coming back for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, if any missionary from Redeemer comes back, we like throw you on stage and interview you oh. in front of the congregation. Well, and that aside, because that part's real scary. <laughs> but being home, like we, it felt yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. To to be able to yeah be home and be with people that know us and that we know. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I'm I'm thankful, obviously, for just like you guys and you talking about how you discerned this call to go overseas and that kind of stuff. Um, But really what I want to talk to you a lot about is coming home. Well, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you said 2016 or 17 when y'all came back? So we came home 2017. 17. Um, And honestly, it came up and I was like thinking about this because especially, you know, in 2020 with COVID, so many missionaries, whether they liked it or not, were forced to come home. Mm-hmm. And we have some good friends who were forced to come home. And it's just a very bizarre transition back. Right. Um, now, you guys, I guess, made a decision to come we back. Did. But um, can you t- walk me through a little bit of just like, what was, like, did y'all set out knowing, okay, we're going to do two years and come back? Or was it like a, we're just going to wait like day by day and right. see when we're going to come back. How did you guys discern that it was time to come back? We made the commitment to be mm-hmm. there for two years. Okay. We knew that one year and JK helped us think yeah. through this. So we'll plug for him in case yeah. any of you guys uh-huh. are wanting to uh-huh. 
navigate going on the mission field. Um, he helped us by telling us that a year is like just enough time for you to get your feet wet and feel kind of comfortable in mm-hmm. a new place, in a new home with new community and new mm-hmm. family. And um, that if we really wanted to have a good idea about whether it was something that we wanted to do or could do or being led to do long term, that we would need to give ourselves at least two years away. Okay. So we made a two year commitment and wanted to make sure to follow through with that for better, or for worse, even if we got there and year one knew that yeah. we weren't going to do this long term to continue on for those two years. Yeah. So we did that. So how how was it? I mean, I kind of skipped over that part. You're there for a year. Did you feel like early on, like, yeah, I don't know about this? Or like, how would you describe that time? Um, Well, the whole trip, like the whole time away in and of itself Mm -hmm. was very um, refining. Mm -hmm. It was good. It was bad. It was lonely. It was, I mean, it just, it was refining. Um, But... I think we were just taught so much about slowing down and abiding and valuing relationships and not just for what, how we might benefit from the relationship, but how we might also be used by the Lord in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's just, we have so like our arms in America stretch so far and wide we can drive places, we can fly places. Yeah. We have different pockets of friends, whether it be like our kids' school friends and their families or church or mm-hmm. sports or, you know, a mom's group or whatever. Like we are just able to pick and choose friends. And I think typically pick friendships that are mutually beneficial, right? right. Like mm-hmm. you feel like you're getting and you're giving. Right. And we learned while we were there that like there is just so much to be said about friendships where you don't feel like you're giving a thing and like allowing yourself to be poured into by someone mm-hmm. and the reverse yeah. be true as well that sometimes you're like woo woo this is a mm-hmm. hard like friendship giving 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 mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it's so necessary and it's yeah. what we're called to do you yeah. know so we came home um just feeling like, I don't know, or I guess learning while we while we were there, like it was good to slow down. It was important to slow down and relationships matter in a different mm-hmm. way than they'd ever mattered before. You mm-hmm. know, it also felt really isolating to not speak the language well or to, yeah. you know, not look like anyone around you or I don't know, but yeah. it was it was good. It really it was, was good. good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I kind of like interjected. My That's original okay. question was, <laughs> so at a minimum, you knew you were going to stay two years. Mm-hmm. At the end of two years, what did that decision-making process look like? Like, were you and Robert totally on the same page? Like, what kind of conversations, what kind of factors did you guys weigh together in deciding to come back or to stay and commit longer? Mm-hmm. We um we told ourselves that we were going to need a year back home regardless of what we decided because okay. either we were going to feel like we were supposed to come back and we had decided if we came back we would make a 5-year commitment. Okay. 
Um, and we would need that year to kind of re-up, you know, mm-hmm. to to seek more fundraising, to make sense of the house that we were renting here and, you know, some our cars and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and then we also wanted to try and start a family. Okay. Which is interesting because when we left for Haiti, we were very hesitant, hesitant to ever have kids at all. Really? Um, I did we, not know that. We okay. were not sure we wanted to start a family. Okay. Um, but God was really good to kind of soften our hearts mm-hmm. and help us to realize that that might actually be something that we would enjoy yeah. while we were there. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you guys were surrounded by children. Surrounded. Yes. All the time. Yes. And yeah. um, I remember like the weekend that I that I thought, okay, I think I do want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little boy there who came down with what I think was chicken pox. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really know, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to be quarantined from the other kids so that oh, they wouldn't get it. Yeah. And so he came to stay in our house um, mm-hmm. and he was pretty sick. Um, and I mean, we, you know, did the medicine and the checking in on him at night mm-hmm. and the oatmeal baths and mm-hmm. making sure that he got, you know, fed really well and got a lot of rest and did that whole thing for three or four days. And I remember thinking like, I am exhausted, but there is nowhere I would rather be and mm-hmm. nothing I'd rather be doing than taking care of him because Ugh. he needs somebody. Yeah to love him well and to help him get better yeah and the house moms can't do that they're loving all the other many other boys boys. so um i was like oh my word it is like my pleasure to be inconvenienced quote inconvenienced you know and right um you know maybe maybe i could do this for a little one you know um so when we we came so we decided to come home for that year to pray through going again and to okay. try to begin a family. Okay. And we got home in May and got pregnant with Millie in June. Hilarious. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just almost immediately. What was that feeling like, though? I mean, because you're coming home from a completely different country. I mean, just like mm-hmm. the immediate change is very substantial. Mm-hmm. But then you look <laughs> at that pregnancy test and you're like, oh, not only is like my entire location setting the language, everything different. But now I'm stepping into this new stage of life. Like, obviously, I'm imagining there was excitement and joy and that kind of stuff. But were you like, oh, my gosh, what are like, were you freaking out? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. like, sh- surely that's like a quote normal response. Like, you're yes. freaking out. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I think like very immediately I was like, whoa, okay. Um, Switching gears mentally to like, okay, I thought that you were, you know, mm-hmm. warming me up to the idea of being a mother. And now like, bam, I'm a mother. Bam. I'm yeah. pregnant, you yeah. know. And also a very quick answer to something that we thought might take a year to figure out. And that was that we, at least for the time being, were not going back to Haiti. Yeah. And when we left, we didn't leave the kids with any hope that we would be coming back mm-hmm. um, to live. Right. So I was grateful that we had You had like, done set that. them up for that. Yes. They mm-hmm. did not know that we were considering coming mm-hmm. again. Um. And 
I was grateful that we had left it that way mm-hmm. because we also knew that if we if we got pregnant that we would want to be here yeah for the pregnancy for, and delivery oh and, yes yeah yes and possibly even for the long haul yeah. we just weren't sure yeah um so yeah that was like just such a mental shift so fast but even like initially i think like one of the hardest parts about coming home was that we had deliberately learned to live slowly mm-hmm. you're kind of just forced to live that mm-hmm. way because that is the way that is the yeah. Haitian way like what is time yes like you say we're going to meet at two it could be 245 yeah uh-huh. 345 yeah. yes um and so coming back to a world where you are like we pride ourselves in being busy and keeping a full calendar and being efficient. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like very quickly I I was like, oh my, I don't, I don't know how to function this way anymore. And so I feel like I don't belong Mm -hmm. when I never, I don't know that I ever felt like I belonged in Haiti. Then I get back and I'm like, oh, I should feel like I belong now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't belong. I don't belong. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were we were juggling a lot of just so many emotions. Yes, so, so many, so many emotions. <laughs> um, and I have so many questions. So one, and you tell me if we can't talk about this, okay? And we can always just not. But <laughs> I feel like it is it is not unheard of for a couple to n- not desire or not know if they want to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, However, it probably is in the minority, at least in our little subculture. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, get married, definitely want kids. Right. What, um, you know, what, what was that like? Like, what kind of things were you thinking through? Um, and, and yeah, like how, how did that conversation go with you and Robert? I'm, you know, I'm in that category of people who was like, well, yeah, I'm always going to be a mom, you know? And so <laughs> um, I know several women who and men who are like, I'm just not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that feel like? Especially like, once again, I'm sure there were moments that you were probably like, I don't belong. Every woman around me is dying to be a mom and I'm mm-hmm. kind of unsure. Mm-hmm. What What did that feel like? What was that like? Um. I mean, it. I for sure felt like an anomaly among mm-hmm. you know some among, of my friends and like well, among southerners, like southern evangelicals, <laughs> right? Like, there's just this huge emphasis it feels like on marriage and then like family having yes. babies and stuff. Yes, um, yeah. And I think we. I love children. No, um, I mean you're you were in education, right? Like you right, yeah. Like you love children. It I was do. just a matter of yeah. It, well, it was it was always this thought that like there are children in the world already who are mm-hmm. not being loved. Maybe we could just adopt. Yeah, and this world is just so harsh and so rough and so mm-hmm. crazy. Why would we bring another human being into yeah. this madness? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and. So for a while, Robert and I kind of were in a place where we were in agreement about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, honestly, he started to warm up to the idea of having children biologically Mm -hmm. before 
before you I did yeah and he shared that with me in Haiti like hey I just need you to know this is kind of floating around in my mind and I don't know where it's going or what's mm-hmm. going to come of it but I I kind of think that I would like to try for mm-hmm. biological kiddos I was mm-hmm. like whoo okay okay but Wait. I know God's <laughs> yeah. been like really faithful to put us on the same page regarding big decisions in our lives yeah not at, not always at the same time mm-hmm. but, but he's been very faithful to help us yeah, yeah to help us our hearts align on yeah. things like going to haiti mm-hmm. <laughs> like having children you know yeah um and so yeah after that weekend i remember sitting him down after that weekend of having xavier in our home mm-hmm. and saying like hey i think that i'm kind of yeah you know there yeah. with you yeah. um I think what you said about having him there is like, I'm exhausted, but there's nothing else or nowhere else I'd rather be. And in my mind, I was thinking that is the tale of parenthood. <laughs> I'm exhausted, yeah. but I'm so glad I'm here. Right. You know, like, I'm like, that's a mantra. <laughs> right. I'm so glad you're asleep, but I'm also going to look at pictures of you. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. Yes. It's the oddest thing. <laughs> it really is. Like, I need a break, but I'm also ready for you to come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just, I was curious about that. Yeah. Just, I mean, like I said, I, I could name several women, I'm not, who feel similarly. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst version of that is for them to feel like maybe they're not as feminine mm. or maybe, I don't know. Like I've had a conversation with someone before and she was like, I worry that maybe I'm not feminine because I don't know that I have the desire to have kids. And I'm like, I don't necessarily know that that is, those are not necessarily linked, you know, and um, like loud and clear for the people in the back, like your femininity is not necessarily tied to your desire or your desire or your marriage or whatever. Like there's, there's a whole lot more that God created in you. That's Um, a good word. Yes. So I love that. Um, But nonetheless, you became a parent. (laughs) So... Tell me like some just like off the top of your head, like what were the like shocking things of moving back? You'd already mentioned this like pace at which Americans live. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any other just like unexpected things that you're like, I didn't even realize how weird this was about America or our old life? Yeah, I think the the freedoms that we have here. Mm-hmm was simultaneously like so awesome you know to have at my fingertips again and then in a way kind of even like debilitating Mm. as ironic as that is it's like the netflix thing like so many options and you're like i don't even know what i want to watch yes because there are too many options yes like the the freedom being overwhelming you know you being so grateful that you don't eat chicken and rice and beans every night for dinner but then the first summer that we were back home people would hey you know hey we want to take you out to eat where do you want to go and i don't it was like it was weird debilitating yeah how hard it was to make a decision like that 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 is so simple did you feel like did you feel like anger at any point I'm I'm asking yeah okay I did um, so <laughs> my experience is very different from yours but like I remember I was gone for an entire summer right after my junior year of college and I was in 
East Asia. And so like, you know, we didn't, there's not like organized church there. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, so like when I came back, I remember sitting in a church service. It was the first time I'd been in an organized like gathering of people in months. And we were happen we were taking communion that week. And it hit me how flippantly we take communion sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, open, you know, for us now at Redeemer, you're like, open up my little chiclet pack and take the bread. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like yeah. the thought. And, and I was just, I was struck by the beauty of the gathering of the body, but I was also so angry at how, like, we didn't, like, how we took it for granted and how mm-hmm. we didn't realize, like, the specialness and the beauty of, like, the sacraments. And... I obviously, I don't get angry every time we take communion now, but I remember that moment just being like, I'm so angry that this is so readily accessible that we can like not even be thankful for it. Mm -hmm. Did you experience stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because, I mean, we just realize very quickly how heavy life is Mm. for Haitians or for anybody else who doesn't live in America where there's not like Um, a pharmacy on every corner and a doctor's office on every corner I mean the first within the first couple of months that we were there an elderly man in the in Canaan's community passed away and Robert's first drive to St. Mark which was a city outside of Monwe where we were Mm -hmm. was to purchase and bring back a coffin Mm. so that he could then drive them out to a place to bury him. Wow. And then a month later, a little boy that had CP that lived at Canaan passed away. Mm. And Robert had to help build his coffin. And mm-hmm. um, a boy that lives at Canaan was diagnosed with HIV while we were there. And so yeah. we had to simultaneously like help teach him how to care for himself when he got a cut so that he could be responsible about like you know protecting other people yes it's like injury aftermath and telling people this is not something that like you're gonna you're gonna catch by breathing his air like do not shun him love him well yes i mean it just it was all very very heavy um and so to come back and i remember being on a trip with friends and someone there was talking about a watch that has the capability of like not dying and keeping like pressure measurements when you Mm -hmm. are diving, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're like in the depths of the ocean doing your scuba diving and and I wanted to like, I don't know, I just, I was bothered. Yeah. I wanted to like throw the watch, you know, because yeah. yeah. I'm like this, the life and, and it's not, it was not his fault, you know, yeah. like, yeah. it's like, like the life that we lead here, we, we just lead in ignorance of the lives of people outside of this life we've been given, Yeah, you know? And so when you're given any kind of perspective, it's not like I personally knew what it was like to be Haitian. I sure didn't. I don't, I won't claim to, yeah. but to then come back and just see how easily life has lived here and like mm-hmm. what we put our worth in and what we well like Joel's speaking of this morning like what we worship because we will worship something mm-hmm. it just kind of like i don't know there there just was perspective there that i knew other people 
might not understand. Yeah. And that was hard. It was just like I was probably just felt more isolated than angry mm-hmm. and more misunderstood than mm-hmm. angry. But but yes. Yeah. Oh, I felt like straight up anger. But, you know, that's that's me. That's my wiring gifting all of the things. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's righteous and sometimes it's not. No. Um, so, I mean, you guys were already members of Redeemer for a while mm-hmm. before you left. And two years in Redeemer world is like a lot. Especially when y'all left, like 2014-ish, 15-ish to 17, like that was some crazy times. So what was it, what was it like trying to come back to this church that you hadn't really been at for two years? What was it like? Um, It was, we were already in this building. Yeah. When we left. Oh yeah. So I remember you guys being commissioned. I, I hope that you find this funny. I remember Robert had long hair. Yes. You know, always sat by the few quays. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't know who y'all were at all. I didn't know who the few quays were at the time. But I remember y'all always sat by each other. And I was always like, are those two girls sisters? And like, and like sometimes, y'all would, and sometimes y'all would like switch around how you're sitting. And I was like, which one's married to the guy with the really short hair? And which one's married <laughs> to the guy with the really long hair? Like, I can't really figure it out. Yes, yeah, y'all would like switch so around. funny that you sit. say that. So like, y'all in my mind have always been like paired with them. Just because the very first time I really saw y'all, that like, y'all always sat like together in the 430 service, like yes, a few ways. Right there. It's, yep. It's so true. Robert Before have his little bun. Right. Yeah. Before kids. Before kids. Yeah. That was, I don't, they didn't have kids either no, at that point. Yeah. They did not. Mm-hmm. They had Duke while we were gone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's funny that you say that because Allison and I didn't, we were in the same sorority at Sanford, but we didn't become friends until after we graduated. That's funny. And I yeah. mean, we enjoyed each other, but we just ran in separate circles of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we would get mistaken for one another a lot at well, Sanford. Cause I mean, y'all do kind of look yes, alike. Yes, yes. And you're like similar height. We do favor your hair's hair was similar. Oh, yeah, it was similar. <laughs> That's so funny yeah. that you say that. But yeah, um, I forgot where we were going. Yeah, with Redeemer. That. So how was Redeemer yes. different? What was it like? Yes. trying to come back. Um, it was bigger, for well, yeah. sure. Well, yeah. Um, but honestly. So much was still like the things that mattered mm-hmm. were still the same. Like okay. quality biblical teaching, like men that try so hard to interpret the word accurately mm-hmm. for the people that they shepherd. I mean, yeah. that's always been a part of Redeemer. It will continue to be forever. Yeah. Um, and that was so comforting and so um, good to come home to. Um and then, yeah, I mean, just community was still very much the same, although there was a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. You know, our mm-hmm. those same familiar faces were still here. The same people volunteering when we left, of course, are like the same sweet souls <laughs> that are still. to worship God. Yes, that are in, yeah. still. You see their faces around, yeah. you know. Um, this, you know, the staff to come home to that mm. we have, you know, loved so much. And I don't know, it's, it's crazy because it felt very different and yet very much the same okay coming home too yeah you're walking into this huge room where you're like i know maybe five people yes but and you guys were y'all were home group leaders and then when you went to haiti someone else took over your home Mm -hmm. group for you and when we came back that home group had dissolved oh really yes just because they Almost all of them went oh, on to moved. lead other home yeah, groups. They, yeah, 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 yeah. Will and Tara were leading, uh-huh. and they moved to Alaska. 
Yeah. <laughs> to do traveling PT. You know, you which know. now, you do, full circle, they're living across the street from us in a house that Robert flipped. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Lauren and Trevor yeah. began leading a group. Mm-hmm. The McFarlands. Uh, the McFarlands led a group. The Ebersolds led a group. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they just all just They just, just kind of trickled out. Yeah. Which is what you want. Awesome. Yes. Tell, it says a lot about you guys' group before you left. Oh, gosh. Like, I think it, there are all these different leaders in it. Yeah. We had such a great group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, was there anything, I mean, you very quickly transitioned into motherhood. Um, coming back, do you feel like the influence of Haiti and living there for two years, do you feel like that has changed any on how you parent? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think it's probably given me more patience. I mean, the mm-hmm. way that we had to handle behavior there was to recognize that like these kids are without parents most I mean that in and of itself means that they have had trauma in their lives Mm -hmm. most of which you know was like trauma compiled on trauma because things had happened to them that were so unfortunate before ever coming into the care of Pastor Henry and Sister Gladys yeah um and so you just had to like muster up this patience that um you didn't always feel like they deserved, but you just had to give. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord has helped me develop more patience as a parent because of all of those sweet yeah. souls that I was, in a way, parenting while I was yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Um, and getting dirty. Yeah. I'm way more okay <laughs> with my girls being like little... Yeah, little rugrats. Yes. Yeah. After living in dusty dirty we play with rocks and dirt haiti you know like Mm -hmm. it's just like what we did Mm -hmm. um so i think i'm a little bit less high strung in that regard because of my time there yeah um it's fun to think about just i mean obviously it goes without saying like the lord is sovereign like he knew exactly what he was doing when you got pregnant with millie the first month back in america Mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like (laughs) just thinking about the different just the different ways that you could have been a parent had you never gone mm-hmm. had you know or, mm-hmm. or just all the different i mean and that's all of us like or if had i'd been a person, parent at all yeah you know like yeah. Uh, yeah i mean it is it's just crazy it's just crazy you know like all the different people that we meet and all the different places we go and lessons we learn and all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and how it affects our ministry mm-hmm. whether it's to our children our home group neighbors whoever um like it's hard it would be very hard for me to believe that Haiti didn't change you and Robert as people, parents, mm-hmm. all those things. I feel like if anything, you know, once again, I did not live overseas for two years, so it was complete apples and oranges, but I'm like some I felt myself like grasping to some of that of like what I'd learned. Like mm-hmm. I felt so free in talking about Jesus and mm-hmm. sharing the gospel and then you come back and you're free and then over time you start feeling yourself becoming more and more insulated or scared or nervous or whatever mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm like constantly like oh, remembering that time of just like wild abandonment like i'm just gonna tell you i'm gonna yes. tell you all oh. you know um it's different cultures and that kind of stuff but i think that is kind of the beauty of 
being immersed in different cultures for a certain amount of time or like specifically going to share the gospel with people is that it's like, I don't know, kind of like the gospel begets the gospel. Like the more you share it, the more you're going to keep sharing it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And you're already kind of an alien in that place. You're already (laughs) kind of the, the weird one or whatever. So you're, you're okay with doing something that might feel a little scary because you're just yeah i mean you're just you're empowered to to do it it. you're there for that very reason sometimes they ask questions too it's like you're very obviously not haitian (laughs) like you're very obviously not from asia what are you doing here right you know um yeah yeah, you stand out and it's like it begs the question what are you doing here (laughs) right right um did you ever feel weird with the term missionary did, was it ever like, did you have baggage with that term? I feel like I would have baggage with that term because when I was little, I feel like that was like the people with the long skirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the only reason that I don't, that I kind of like want to turn my, like crinkle mm-hmm. my nose at it is just because we were gone for two years. I yeah. mean, that is short term missions, yeah. you know? And so to me, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't, I've not earned that title. Yeah. Now, my friend Naomi, who like, Haiti is home to her uh-huh. at this point. She has spent almost more of her life in Haiti than than out of Haiti. Mm-hmm. Like she that is a missionary. Is a missionary. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that that was more of my response was like, oh, uh, no, I'm, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm a tra- I just yeah. traveled there and like um I don't consider it a trip. I consider it a very important part of our lives and and yeah. a calling and yeah. you know when we went and um but yeah, I think that's kind of yeah. my yeah. my turn off to the word. Like, he knows I haven't earned that badge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you were on our missionary wall though. We had y'all, oh, we had the Scots up oh, on that goodness. bulletin board in the welcome room. You know? Um, I think my last question. I say this, and then inevitably I will have another question. But my last question would be: What advice would you give to to us, the church, in welcoming? missionaries <laughs> missionaries back um knowing obviously there's going to be some culture shock there's just sure. going to be some like weirdness in transitioning back what kind of advice would you give and just how do we support them love them well mm-hmm. um it's crazy because i feel like there's like two categories of people who are at home right now and you mentioned this Mm -hmm. earlier some who have come home willingly as Mm -hmm. we did because we felt like it was time and others who have been like sent home yes kept from their home you know a place that they now call home because of all that's gone on um and so for the people who are displaced who have been sent home Mm -hmm. not by their choosing um i i don't know i would say like just to try and and help them feel at home in a place that is not their home as much as you can whether that be like finding meals that they were eating far Mm -hmm. away and inviting them to have something of the sort even if you totally botched it the effort would be so sweet and kind to have a taste of home um or just being available to genuinely listen. I think one of the things that made Robert and um, me so weary when we first got home is that people would catch us like after church and Mm -hmm. ask us, you know, how was your trip? And at the time we were like, 
it wasn't a trip. Like, you know, this was like for two years. Right. And can I sum that up in one word, you know, Mm -hmm. and do you, it's okay if you don't, but do you really care to hear, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think making time for people who are home have just come home and are transitioning back in or home temporarily just to, just to like, if you genuinely want to know how they're doing to, to say like, let me take you to coffee. Yeah. Please Let's come to our house time. for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to sit down with you and I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. How was your time? How's your time away? How, how, you know, yeah. um, and then ask specific questions too, which I think really helped us when we were debriefing and trying to make sense of, you know, transitioning home where, pe- you know, when people would ask questions like, you know, what is the hardest part about being home? What are mm-hmm. you missing the most? How can I pray for you? Yeah. Um, instead of just tell me about it, because I think sometimes being asked those questions helped me to, to really think well mm-hmm. through through you what know, you had lived through. Yes. yes. And through what I'm trying to process that I might not even know is like floating around in my head, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, being available, I think is like one of the sweetest things that we can do for people in their interim time home mm-hmm. or as they're transitioning home. And then also just knowing that like when they come home, they're still trying to get back on their feet financially. And oh, so, yeah. you know, any, like if you can't contribute your time in a listening ear to even say like, here's a gift card. So when mm-hmm. somebody says, hey, let's go catch up and they have the time and the bandwidth for like listening that that person has the money to be able to go yeah. to dinner with those people and not feel Gosh, stretched or, you know. Of that. Yeah, I mean, because you've raised support. It's not, yeah, mm-hmm. I would not have thought of that. Yeah, or just, you know, hosting them <clears throat> yeah. versus meeting out and about or, you know, something yeah. like that. That makes total um, sense. And I'm also thinking like, man, imagine that. Like, <laughs> like your advice is like asking good questions and being a good listener. <laughs> I'm like, imagine that, you know, like it, usually that goes a long way in a whole slew of different avenues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Asking good questions and genuinely listening. Mm-hmm. Like that goes for care and hospitality and all sorts of conversations, you know? Yeah, you're um, right. It kind of does. It's just like, like loving people well in general. Yeah, in general. Yeah. Like <laughs> not just the missionary who has come home, but like everybody. Mm-hmm. Like actually carving out time to actually listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you have to tell people in other countries that. Is that like an American thing? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like you're so, you're moving so fast that you can't <laughs> actually listen to the words that we are saying. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so I think that's like beautiful. And I'm so thankful for y'all's time and that you would discuss coming back. Like I said, I think I talked to Lauren last season on her discerning the call to go. And mm-hmm. she has been like, I mean, she has been launched and she's preparing to fly overseas and so i think it was really fun to talk to her in that particular season about Mm -hmm. the lead up and support raising and creating a team and all of that kind of stuff but yeah i think it's really good to know too like i mean we have different missionaries who have come home since you guys and like Mm -hmm. different ways for us to care for them and love on them um, I should just sure would hate for us to like be a body that's like, go, go, go. And like kicks people out the door and 
can't like welcome them back in super well you yeah. know what i mean like yeah, i just want church good thought. <laughs> you know i want church to be the same family that they left from right. like a soft launch a, a soft pad to land on yes you know? yeah um well thanks a lot thanks for inviting me to come and talk <laughs> it's wonderful oh you're the best robert's the best your kids are the best you know oh, just yeah. all that so oh, i appreciate the your very time. same of y'all oh, appreciate you too